Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and well-being coach, and I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I want to say thank you so much for choosing to listen to this podcast today. It means a lot to me that you're taking the time to listen to this interview with Maria Locker. It's been a long time coming, and I am just very, very excited to have her as a guest. Now, before we get into the episode, I wanted to share with you some things you might not know about me yet. I have an online shop. So my online shop can be found at wakeupwithgratitude.com. I have the honor of living in one of the most beautiful places in the world. I live on Vancouver Island off the West coast of Canada. And since I moved here a couple of years ago, one of the things that I've loved doing is taking photos of the sunrise and the occasional sunset at the beach. So on my website, you'll find a collection of gratitude cards and prints and photos and canvases that share my art, my photography with you so you can bring a little piece of this paradise into your own home. The cards come in sets of six, which we call a sample pack, or you can dive right in and get the 30 days of gratitude pack where you get five of each of the six different images that are featured in the sample sets. So I'd love for you to take a closer look at wakeupwithgratitude.com See what inspires you, and if you're looking for a way to express your gratitude personally, I'd love to hear from you because I get so excited when I have the opportunity to make custom cards for my clients as well. When was the last time you had a creative download? For Maria Locker, her creative download came to her while she was at dinner with a friend and she snuck into the ladies' room to follow her intuition. I'm grateful to share this part of Maria's story with you, as well as the many twists and turns that helped her to be the entrepreneur and leader we know today. In a rare personal interview, Maria shares how she launched Mompreneurs back in 2010 from a personal need and a desire to be of service to other moms. Partway into her decade-long business journey, she fought a battle with not one, but two types of cancer. And that creative download I mentioned, that was the birth of Revolution Her, giving rise to a new and fierce collective of women who are ready to flip the status quo and live the lives they always dreamed they would. Please help me welcome Maria Locker. Hello, everyone. I'm Julie Boye, and I'm the host of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to be interviewing my good friend, Maria Locker today. Hello, Maria. Hello, Julie. (laughs) Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm just so bursting with excitement because this has been a labor of love to connect. Um, Maria and I have, we actually have known each other for over a decade um, before she launched her very first business, Mompreneurs. And right at that time is when Maria and I met. But for some reason, our circles went different ways for so many years. And then 
even though I was in her neighborhood for all those years, you know, we kind of met in passing, never really connected. And then when I moved to BC, um, the very first group that I was recommended to go was to the Vancouver Mompreneurs. And I was like, I know this organization. I've met Maria all these years ago. And I really dove in because I needed a place. I needed a place to go to connect with people to feel, you know, just part of something really special. And Maria created this incredible environment that, you know, was shared across the country with Elaine Chan Como and uh, her amazing team and all these incredible things. And I got really involved in the organization. Um, I, you know, attended so many events. I flew back to Ontario for their last live conference. And, you know, Maria, Today, she sits as the founder and CEO of Revolution Her, which was an enormous announcement that she made right basically as the pandemic was unfolding. Maria is someone that I've looked up to for so many years, and she rarely shares a lot about her story. And that is why it was so important for me to get her on the podcast so that you could get just a little taste of the woman that I've just grown so fond of over all these years. So... I feel it, Maria. <laughs> I'm already like, I don't know. I don't know if you can see the blushing, but yeah, this is, I'm usually the one asking everyone else the questions and getting them to toot their own horns. This is like strange, but I'm really open to it and it's you. So I'm here for it. Yes. And that's it. And that's, you know, what's fun is that we have, I've seen you through different parts of your journey. And what I'd like to really start with is I'm really curious about you know, where you were in your life when your first business baby, your mompreneurs, where did that idea come from? You know, what was the decision to, to launch something that really ended up being incredibly, incredibly powerful for so many women across the globe? For me, it was really, it was 10 years ago. And I was about a year and a half in from leaving my teaching career. I was a kindergarten teacher at the time, actually, I was teaching grade three. Um, And I just I had decided after I had my second that I just I wanted to be there for my two kids instead of leaving them with someone else and going and teaching 30 other kids. Um, And so it really became about it was about a year and a half into that there, it came to a point where I just kept meeting these women at the park. That's That's literally where it started. I kept meeting women Um, Our kids would be playing in the sand and I would strike up a conversation and say, so what do you do? And nine times out of 10, the women I was chatting with were entrepreneurs. And I just, I started to just put the wheels in motion that, you know what, we need to kind of band together. We should be helping each other. We should be supporting each other. Why are you so shy about telling your story? And here I am telling you today that I'm shy about telling mine. Um, It really just was a the purpose to bring women together, there seemed to be a lack of, there seemed to be a lack of what we needed for women who had small kids at the time. So for me, I wanted to go to chamber meetings with the business um, chamber of commerce in my town. They were at 7am, right? And, And it just was absolutely impossible. I just felt like there was a big gap between the word business or entrepreneur and the women I was meeting. And so I just figured... I should just get us all together myself. And that's what I did. Um, And it just grew from there. It really was a lot of word of mouth. Um, We've changed 
the model so many times. I've changed direction so many times. And we're going to talk about that a bit. Uh, but it really was the purpose of just bringing women together and finding a community of support for one another. That was it. And today we take it for granted. Honestly, we take it for granted that we can connect with other moms. You know, back then Facebook was in still early days. We didn't have those same connections. And I remember as well, you know, when my daughter was born, same thing. Like I was trying to go to like some kind of chamber or like, you know, networking at night, which is like the hardest thing to get to when you have a kid that needs to go to bed at seven o'clock. So I really remember that time because I was building my business as well, just geographically in a little bit of a different area. And, uh, but you come from an entrepreneurial family, right? I do very much so. And it still drives me. I think all the lessons that I learned as a kid, I mean, they, my parents opened my, my parents are immigrants and my parents opened a bakery in our hometown when I was two. So my mom will still say to this day, that's, you know, she was a homemaker and my dad had this grand idea to become an entrepreneur. And, um, the day that they opened the bakery was the day that I started daycare. And she still says that's the day she just bawled her eyes out. Um, because back then she was to me, the original mompreneur, she sacrificed so much to build the family business. And now I'm actually the only one that doesn't work in the family business. Now I go in and I visit for lunch. Lovely. <laughs> you enjoy the goods. <laughs> um, but you know, 39 years strong. It's, it's, it's such an establishment here and it's a testament to the hard work that my parents have put in all these years and my family, my siblings. Um, I put in my time a long time ago and I still love to go and see how much they do there, but that's where I learned to love small business. I loved, you know, meeting customers every day. I, such a beautiful world entrepreneurship. So I love it. Well then, so the question that I have is growing up literally like in the bakery, both parents, entrepreneurs, um, you said your whole family went into, you know, that particular business. Then what was your decision to go into teaching? (laughs) At the time, truthfully, I went to university. So I'm a U of G alum, University of Guelph. I went to university for languages and marketing. So, you know, young me. I think I was 19 or I was 18 when I got in. So I still wasn't even technically legal. I have a late birthday. I was 18 and I I got into the European marketing program, which doesn't exist anymore. And the goal for me was, I was going to take all these languages, take all my marketing and business courses. And I was going to become a traveler, go to Europe, find products that we could then distribute at the bakery. So I, I was still very much involved in, you know, how could we see the bakery grow? How could I use my talent for languages? So I learned, I had already taken French all the way through. Don't ask me because I know you're super French and (laughs) it won't happen. But um, I also took German, Spanish, um, and I also speak Italian, obviously. So It was a really, really interesting transition. I met my now husband in the last year and I had been trying to figure out, you know, what I was going to do next. And ever since I was a little girl, I always said I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to be a teacher. And, you know, we got pretty serious really fast and the discussion started happening around, you know, what are we going to do for our future? What do we want for each other? And we both applied for teacher's college and we both got in. 
um, it just kind of went from there. And I loved teaching. I, I think it was grade two where I said I, I wanted to be a teacher. And I still feel like a lot of what I learned has translated. Like now I'm just teaching different people. But um, it, it was an amazing experience being a teacher. I never knew that part of your story, which is why I wanted to ask, because I was really curious, you know, to that, that time where you, you know, you kind of sowed your own oats, you did your thing differently than your family, but then you came back to the entrepreneurial bug and built something out of a need for yourself where you saw, we need this place for this community of women to meet. So mompreneur started to grow. Things are going well. You now have two children. They're yeah. older now, right? Quite a bit older now. Oh but, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> how old are you, Christian? They're 14 and 12. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, a totally different world. Like we said, we end, but through this time, you're building this business with mompreneurs and then you face a health crisis. Yes. Yeah, about halfway through, actually, it was quite a curveball. Um, in 2015, I, for pretty much the whole year, really wasn't feeling good. Um, I had been seeing doctors since 2010, which is actually the same year I started Mompreneurs, but I wasn't getting any answers uh, until 2016. I was diagnosed, um, funnily enough, one month before our annual conference, I was diagnosed with lymphoma. Um, And then two days before I was supposed to be on breakfast television, uh, I had to go in for an emergency biopsy with my endocrinologist and he (laughs) diagnosed me with thyroid cancer. Just right. Like literally, I don't know if you see pictures of that year uh, at conference, I was wearing a scarf because I had this massive bruise on my neck, but it just, it all happened really quickly. So I was diagnosed with back-to-back separate cancers. They weren't related to each other. Um, And it just was one of those things that just threw me for a loop. We had just signed a huge, grant with Coca-Cola Canada and the government of Canada. And I was supposed to start all this, everything for it. And I relied on my team to really get me through. They took the reins and I was able to um, start chemo and radiation. And then once I had kind of stopped that, the next year I went into surgery for my thyroid. That was it. Okay. So we're all trying to take this in. And you just said, you just said that was it. And I feel, (laughs) I feel like, you know, maybe not that was it. I mean, how your children were fairly young then you were running a successful business. Um, You had this contract on going on. What kind of, what was going through your head right now? Like, were you, I, I'm genuinely asking, were you still thinking, oh my gosh, the business, my kids got to take care of that. Or was the priority, I need to take care of my health first. Honest answer. Mm-hmm. I needed to take care of everything else first. Yeah. I, especially at the very beginning of, hey, you've got something, but we can't name it yet. There was about a month and a half in between there. For anyone that's had a cancer history, they know there's kind of a slow process. Um, there was about a month and a half in between knowing something was cancerous and knowing what kind of cancer it was. I didn't know what stage. I didn't know what the prognosis. I had no idea what was happening. And so that was probably the worst time. And I was like, you know, when you're nesting, when you're pregnant, I was just like, I have to do everything. 
I could die tomorrow. I don't have a will. I don't have, I don't have anything written up. If I'm gone, what's going to happen to the business? Oh my gosh, all these people that are part of my team, like what would happen? I have no idea. And at that point, um, it really was about getting my ducks in a row, not so much about taking care of me. Once I did all that and I got my official diagnosis, I think that was about April. So you got to think like from February to April was really how long it took around that time. By the time April hit and I got a proper uh, like diagnosis and I knew what the plan was, then it was like, okay, guys, you're on your own. If you need me, I'm here, but just I'll be watching from afar. I got really quiet online actually started a blog because I knew I'm a very social person. I'd like to say I'm an extroverted introvert. <laughs> I knew I had to tell people what was going on. I knew it would be weird that I wasn't online very much or that I was changing. Like I just knew that it wasn't going to, I couldn't hide it. Um, so about, I'd say about a weekend, I just said, you know what? Hey guys, letting you know, this is what's happening. I'm writing a blog so that if you have questions, hopefully it'll answer them and let you know where I'm at. And that was it. It takes a lot of courage actually to even write the blog. Um, I know a lot of people that have been through different cancers and treatment and all that. They do just disappear and be quiet for a really long time. And we don't know what's going on. And I think in this world today, like now, you know, we expect to know everything that's going on in everyone's life at all times. And I have a lot of respect for the way that you handled it and the way you communicated it and the way that you, you know, also honored that you needed time to heal. And I think there's some lessons there for all of us to think about too, right? It's like listening and and advocating for your health and not giving up. And also, you know, don't wait until things are bad to get your ducks in a row. Oh, That was the biggest lesson. Just you don't realize until someone puts it in front of your face that, holy, you're not as organized as you thought you were. I always knew I wasn't organized, but I didn't know how impactful it would be for other people. That's the thing. It wasn't so much about me. It was what have I done and how am I going to leave other people if I like die tomorrow? Um, and I said this to you before, I'm very much a people pleaser. And so that was what lit a fire under me to make sure I had everything organized, not for me, <laughs> but for everybody else. Those who are watching the video are going to see me banging on the wall because my kid's screaming in the next room. <laughs> I freaking love being a, a mompreneur. <laughs> it's awesome. I will always be a mompreneur. Um, well, thank you for sharing that part of your story. And I know that today, you you know, you said you're still working through things. You're still taking care of yourself. Your health is good. I'm doing, 100%. yeah, I'm doing a lot better for sure. Like I, you know, it's every couple months I'm still going in, getting numbers tested and I'm constantly fluctuating and I've learned to take how I feel versus the numbers that I see. So I'm trying to actively you know, make myself feel good, eat better, move more, sleep well, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's made a big impact for me. Um, so yes, thank you for asking. 
We'll be right back to the podcast after this short word from our product partner, USANA Health Sciences. What does self-love mean to you? Self-love, of course, means taking really good care of our bodies and our minds and our spirit. And I wanted to ask you what you're doing right now to keep your immune system healthy. I have spoken a number of times about the importance of keeping our immune system really strong and healthy so that we can be prepared when we are confronted with different viruses and bacteria, and we want our immune system to be in optimal health. So I wanted to recommend taking a closer look at our product partner, USANA Health Sciences, and some of the products that we have to share and support your immune system. My favorite immune support products are vitamin D, an absolute critical uh, product for a healthy immune system, vitamin C, which uh, USANA has in a number of different products as well. In Canada, it's available as a product called Poly-C. In the US, it's available as Booster-C. And um, my third most important support for immune system is a mushroom powder product that has beta-glucans and zinc. And that one's called Pro-Glucamune. I know it's a mouthful. However, it really is about keeping your immune system primed and ready for when it comes under attack. I have been using these products for myself and my family for over a decade. The ProGlucamune is a newer product. Uh, however, I've been using it every single day since it launched uh, four years ago. I don't go a day without it because it's for everyday immunity. For more information on these products, you're going to visit bit.ly forward slash healthy pandemic life. That's bit.ly forward slash healthy pandemic life. Now let's get back to the podcast. I think this is also a reminder that we don't know what battles people are fighting that they might not be comfortable sharing with all of us. And I think having a lot of grace and compassion for others, especially during the pandemic where there are so many things that people are dealing with that on top of the pandemic, right, that we just might not know about. And, you know, not everyone's comfortable sharing and we don't want to, you know, talk about ourselves maybe too much, especially when we're struggling. So that reminder of having grace and compassion for others is so critical. All right, we're going to fast forward a little bit in the story because this part of the story, things get really juicy here. So (laughs) here we are. So it's, uh, you're coming up to 10th anniversary. Uh, you got, you got this conference planned. We're all excited for (laughs) March of 2020. And you know what happens, right? (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah. Actually, I do want to mention that one thing I totally, um, respect about you is that you, you called it before things were shut down. You said, you know what, in the interest of safety, we're going to shut it down. Now we're going to, you know, come back as a virtual. And people were like, not even, they were like, stuff hadn't even been canceled yet. And I was like, we're smart. She's like (laughs) understanding. And I was grateful because it gave me time to cancel hotels, cancel things before things got crazy. So thank you for that actual gift of making a very difficult decision before even some of our governments have said, so how it what, was, yeah. What happened there? Like, how did you get to that? Okay. Well, that was, that was me being terrified because I'm a germaphobe now because of <laughs> Okay. Okay. Fair so, enough. <laughs> I am on high alert all the time right. because I'm still immune deficient. So 
or suppressed, whatever you want to call it. I yeah. still am kind of, I wasn't called high risk, but if I got anything, I would be more at risk of dying from something versus okay. general population. So I'm super germaphobe now. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm always on high alert, but behind the scenes of announcing that we were going to stop the conference, we were starting to talk about it at the beginning of February. Okay. That's when it first came up. February 8th, I think. <clears throat> and it was like, okay, let's keep an eye. We, we have people flying in from California. We have people flying in from New York. We have people flying in from the East and the West Coast of Canada. And we had someone from actually the first time ever coming from the territories. So we were like, okay, let's just keep an eye. This is weird, but hopefully it won't be anything we have to worry about. Then we started having a couple sponsors asking, what are you guys doing? We were watching. And it started where I had to contact the hotel, the mm -hmm. venue and say, guys, what's my policy here? Like, what's going to happen if I need to postpone? Because I'm really worried about this. I'm not comfortable asking people to play in and I'm not comfortable being around that many people if there's an issue like me personally for my health. Yeah. We were told we would be hit with a $40,000 fine <clears throat> from the venue. Wow. Um, we were told it was absolutely not okay to cancel. We were told they would change the buffet to, you know, they would put all these things in place. So I calmly just said, okay, we'll touch base in a week and things started to progress. And, um, I had basically what happened was I had a talk with my husband. I had already talked with the rest of the team and everyone said, you know what, let's just assume it'll be okay. And something was not sitting right. It was this idea that I was only saying yes because I was scared of a $40,000 fine. Mm. It's a lot of money, but at the same time, there was a lot on the line. And I chatted with my husband. I was like, babe, I can't. I don't know what we're supposed to do, but this does not feel right. He was like, what's $40,000 in the long run versus 500 lives? It was our biggest live event we'd ever done. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. So I emailed the team that night and said, guys, I need you to be prepared. I know what I said earlier. I can't do it. I have to, I have to shut this down. If it's, if it's a fine, I'll figure out how to pay it. I, I can't do it. So we announced. And then 24 hours later, the NBA shut down. And then 24 hours later, like it was all hell yeah. broke loose pretty much. I, I really truly remember that because there were other conferences that were happening. And I was asking questions. I was like, why aren't people, because I like you, I'm not really a germaphobe, but I'm, was already interested in epidemiology from like a far, far away look. It's <laughs> like, this stuff is really interesting how pandemics happen. Not really, you know, wanting to be part of one. And I remember just thinking like, this is not going to, like, I don't know how people think it's not going to get from Europe to here, but that's okay. So I just remember that, that moment of thinking, oh, wow, you know, like Maria's so really ahead of the thing. And I was just really proud of you for making such Thank a hard you. decision without being forced to like, and that to me says a lot about who you are as an entrepreneur and a person. And you really thought about the people first with, you know, this potential huge fine. And I, I just, that's so important. And I think a lot of what we've, the decisions we've had to make over the past year really have had to be, you know, people first and that's hard. And those decisions yeah. are hard. So in all of this, though, you also were going to do this massive announcement, this huge change and shift in your business 
that then we all had to wait for, but we were really excited. So tell me the story. Look, it's going to be a little bit before we're going to back up for just a little bit. Cause yeah. I love the story of how you, again, that intuition, that feeling you tapped in and knew that it was time to change the, the set of the sales. So tell us about yeah. that. Yeah, it was something that was tugging at me for a while. I would say probably two years before I really did anything about it. Conversations would always come up. Um, what do you think about the word mompreneur? Do you, you know, like it would always be a conversation or I'd get an email. Hi, I love your community, but I'm not a mom. Can I be a part of it? Hi, I love your community. I'm transgender. Am I allowed to be there? And I struggled with answering those questions because, of course, everyone's allowed. Oh my gosh, we have men that come. And I always struggled with, can I pause? (coughs) Sorry. I always struggled with how to answer those questions. And it just started to feel like we needed a shift. And really in the past five years, just seeing the shift in general of women speaking up more, the Me Too movement, you know, Black Lives Matter, things really have come to the forefront of what's okay and what's not okay. Um, And people have been a lot more vocal. And so I knew that it was time for a change. And I, I, you know, we had our conference, the one that you came to. And about two weeks later, I was like, guys, I'm in a funk. I got to figure this out. I can't do another conference unless we change this up. And I knew I was traveling that summer. It was my dad's 70th birthday and very amazingly, my entire family all flew to Italy together to celebrate. So I knew I was going away. Oh, it was. (laughs) Yeah. Right (laughs) now. It's like, yeah. You're like, wow. What a gift that we made that trip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just the clarity of being somewhere new, seeing my dad's hometown, you know, it, it just kind of lit the spark in me, but I still hadn't landed on exactly what I was going to do or what it was going to be called or anything. I was playing around with names. I had this big list of names, but everything was taken. So it was driving me crazy. (laughs) And then we flew out to Vancouver, Grace and I, we flew out to Vancouver for the annual achieve and lead conference. And, um, the first thing we had to do was we waited there and we picked up Sarah Nicole Landry. So we flew in about an hour before her. She was our keynote speaker. So we waited at the airport, picked up Sarah Nicole. And by the time we got to the hotel, we had been chatting and we were all like, we're starving. Let's go eat. So we're sitting down and we're eating. And Sarah says what I told you a few other people have said. So the word mompreneur, like, do you get questions about that a lot? Do you get people that like, aren't really sure about it? And I said, Oh my God, Sarah, I'm, racking my brain trying to figure out like I know where I want to go but every name I want is taken I said this one name in particular is driving me crazy and she said well have you ever reversed the words I was like yeah totally I have (laughs) and I sat there I was like oh my gosh I think that actually would work like I actually said it out loud she said can you say it out loud and I said well it would be revolution her you know the whole time I had been thinking about her her evolution, her revolution, like it just all fit, but it wasn't working. And then she said, say it out loud. And I said, revolution her. And everyone kind of went quiet. And it was like I had, and I've never experienced this before. It was like a download of everything that could be 
and just seeing all the different things we could do, the women we could attract. I, I saw youth, like bringing young girls. And I excused myself. I was like, guys, I'm just, I'll be back. I went into the washroom with my phone and I searched up, um, <laughs> I searched up domain names and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm crying now because it literally was, it was a surreal moment. I've heard of other people having those times in their lives where they just all of a sudden get this like aha moment. Even with mompreneurs, I never really had that. It was always kind of like a, I know what I want to do. And I was more selfishly making something for me. This was, oh my God, I could help so many women. There's so much we could do with this. And it just, I was supposed to be working on the conference and all I could do was think about <laughs> revolution her. Um, it was such an amazing moment. And I just knew that we had landed on it. I hadn't seen before that we would, that we would, you know, completely open this up to women that weren't entrepreneurs. But it was also something that I saw trending over the years. We we had gone to Ellen DeGeneres in Toronto. And <laughs> I remember that time for you, I know. <clears throat> and there were so many women that came out that I hadn't seen for years because they weren't entrepreneurs anymore, but they came because they were still part of the community. Yeah. So it was like when I said Revolution Her, that moment with Ellen, and that idea that these women were all still part of the community, just it just all came together. It was just ready. Oh, and then you had to keep it to yourself for a couple more months <laughs> until you could reorganize and make it virtual. And it was yeah. such an incredible, I mean, the announcement, this, um, you had it all in place, like the work you did to, to announce it. And as like as a finished thing, and I, I mean, I know these things are always a work in progress, but you yeah. had branding in place. You had colors in place. You had, you had ways that you were going to share it in place. Like it was just, I hear you on the download because that makes it easier because you, you're really, you know, I feel like um, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about creativity a lot and how creativity belongs in the ether and it floats around. And then every once in a while, creativity will like, you know, just land on you and you, and it might have landed on like five other people before you, but you, at that moment, you took the download of creativity and then you went with it and it makes things easier. It makes things flow. It, there's an alignment and I see that and I hear that in your voice. And for those that aren't watching the video, you should definitely come and watch the video on YouTube because just seeing the way Maria lights up when she speaks <laughs> about Revolution Her is amazing. So here we are, we are, it's almost a year later. Yeah. Like, since you've, it's been a year since you had the idea, but it's almost a year since you were meant to announce it. So tell me a little bit about what the Revolution Her community looks like today. It's been an amazing few months just figuring out how this would all work. I'm sitting here right now in a warehouse. So we have thousands of dollars of products. Um, sitting here from women-owned businesses, just that alone, the evolution of being able to showcase women-owned products in a way that's really fun. And we get to arrive on someone's doorstep with a bunch of stuff. Like that's been really fun to figure out logistics. That's all new. I've never shipped stuff out before. Um, the community itself, I just find it's, it's so much more dynamic. Women have a chance to talk about things that that they're passionate about, maybe not just business, maybe not just families, but they're talking about their own health and wellness. 
you know, women are striking up conversations in our Facebook group about, oh my gosh, food and diet. Um, talking about getting out in nature more menopause. Like it's say, just, menopause is a, yeah. very, a very popular topic in the group. <laughs> it is. And it's, yeah. you know what, it's talking about things that maybe before we wouldn't have brought up in conversation because it felt like we were only supposed to talk about family or business. Yeah. And, um, I just find that there's a shift now. Women are obviously still asking questions about that, but now they're talking about their own needs. And that's been a really big focus for us. Health and wellness, you know, women talking about taking care of themselves and self-care. It's so, so important. And so it's been a really cool shift to see this past year. And, you know, I know you've been doing your best to do online events on a regular basis. I will say, I, you know, the memories come up of all of our live events and I'm, I do, I mean, we all miss meeting people in person. Uh, I live on Vancouver Island and I, cause I moved partway, you know, after basically 10 months after I came to BC, I moved to the Island, but I would take the ferry for the day just to go to a meeting for like three hours because of this, you know, this meeting in person thing. So you've done really well to bring things to the virtual stage. I know some of your events have like hundreds of people attending and what do you think that is? Why do you think people are just so really tapped into the virtual community you've created here? I hope it's because we've brought that same element of making it feel like you're not just on the interweb. (laughs) You're actually part of a group together. I hope it's because you know, we're still having fun and we're still, you know, I'm still doing romper room and giving virtual hugs basically, but um, I, I miss those events so much. And I don't think I realized just how much they fed me until the last couple months. It's been a really long year. I'm used to working at home. I'm used to being in my own quiet space, but every couple days a week I would go out and I would either have a lunch meeting or I'd go and I'd host a meeting and that's stopped for over a year. And it's yeah. really weird. <laughs> so I hope women continue to be open to, to meeting virtually because that's really going to be the only thing for at least the next, I mean, really we've committed to not doing any in-person events for 2021. Again, yeah. just a safety thing. Yep. Um, if I'm not comfortable, I don't expect anyone else to be comfortable. I, it's just how I... I don't know. It's just how I am. (laughs) Yeah, it will be. It'll be interesting to see how we eventually do get back to that place. And I'm like you, I miss it so much, but I also value the health and safety of myself, my family, the people that I care about. So virtual it is. Okay. So as we wrap up this really amazing interview and all these beautiful ways that your life has taken so many twists and turns, I'm curious about some of your own, you know, daily or weekly practices that you have, Maria, that help you when, yes, things are going really well or things are really challenging. Like what are your daily, weekly self-care, self-love and kind of gratitude practices do you have? (laughs) Okay. Self-care. The fact that I blow dried my hair, like I try to blow dry my hair twice a week. That's a big deal for me because it's really easy for me. I have really curly hair. I don't know if you I think you saw that. No, No, I have crazy curly hair. Okay. So um, for me to blow dry my hair feels like, okay, I feel like me. I feel like I'm professional. I feel like I look good. That's my self-care moment. I'll take like a whole hour to myself. 
gratitude wise, something I learned when I was diagnosed with cancer and I was really homebound for a long time. I went out for the first time in a long time walking and actually could hear the birds and the trees moving. And, um, Oh my gosh, sorry. I try to really be aware of that now. So I've made a point now. I actually have it in my phone to walk twice a day. So 10 a.m., a little thing pops up and says, have you gone for a walk yet? <laughs> and 2 p.m., a thing pops up and says, go do some other kind of movement if you're not going to go for a walk. And for me, it's been a really big piece of gratitude, just being in nature. Um, you can tell how uncomfortable I get. I'm sorry, I get really fidgety, but... Yeah, that's been a big piece for me, just that gratitude piece. And I do have a gratitude journal beside my bed, but I'm not disciplined enough to be consistent. So that's something I'd like to work on. I adore you. And I love that you, I love, my favorite podcasts are when we really truly feel you authentically, your emotions come out through your eyes. That's okay. (laughs) It's totally normal. There's no apology necessary because that means that you're sharing something that's really near and dear to your heart. And that means a lot. And that practice of getting out into nature is something that I totally yes. understand. You like, inspire me with what you do. Like I love when I see your posts pop up because you just, I feel it through you. I love your posts. Oh. So just so you know, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, it's necessary. It's like, if I, you know, just before the podcast, I had a very short window. Um, I had like a really quick lunch because it was more important for me to go to the water and go to the ocean before we spoke, because I wanted to reset. I wanted to be present for you. (laughs) And I was like, I can make myself a little bit of food after and I'll have a meal later. It's fine. But the more important thing was that moment of, and yeah. the nature and the breathing. And I think that's actually a really incredible gratitude practice is being present outside in nature, no matter where you are, no matter the time of year that, and I, I applaud you actually for making it and reminding you to your phone. <laughs> that is what I tell so many people to do that can't remember gratitude. Another guest of mine said she had a 10 PM gratitude reminder every night in her phone that just says like three things you're grateful for before bed. Every, like every night it goes up. See, maybe right? That's what I need to do. That's a, yeah. I, it, it is. It's one of those things where I keep Julie, I always write it in blogs for other people to read and <laughs> I don't do it myself. So that's probably what it is. I just need that reminder because when I have done it, it really is so impactful before you go to bed. Oh, it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. Oh, virtual <laughs> hug from all the way yes. over here. Uh, Maria, I think it's pretty easy to find Revolution Her online, revolutionher.com. Where do you hang out? Where do we find the community? Oh my goodness. So you can find us. We have a private group on Facebook, but go find us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, just mm. come say hi, come chat with us. You can come to any of our events online. We've actually made a pact that the majority of our events will be free online for the rest of 2021 as we continue to battle covid We just want women to know that there's a community there that they can connect with. So please come find us at revolutionher.com or ask Julie because she knows where we are. (laughs) It'll all be in the show notes, I promise. Um, And if you're not watching the video, uh, Maria's got her amazing um, Revolution Her seasonal boxes that you can receive right to your front door. So every, every season... 
Yes. Mm -hmm. Quarterly. There's a brand new box uh, with different female owned businesses and so many ways to sample different products and highlight uh, different entrepreneurs. And I love it because um, I don't know if I want to box every month, but I love it that every season we're getting something different and you're highlighting, you're just, you found a way to highlight because that's like, you would get this kind of things maybe at a live event, but now you can't because there aren't any. And I love that you quick, very quickly actually found a way to bring <laughs> these products into women's homes all over the world. So thank you for that. Thank God. Uh, well, and they're oh amazing God. products. So I have to thank everyone that's been part of this for us. I will say we have some really exciting stuff coming up again in March. That always seems to be our big, like, no. Okay. Yeah. So, um, just, you know, anytime that you guys have any questions, you can reach out, but we're always here. And our number one goal is to support as many women as we can. Thank you so, so much, Maria, for being a guest on the podcast. I have just loved our time together and Me really too. appreciate that we've made this work. <laughs> Me too. Thanks so much, Julie. Thanks for listening right to the end of the podcast, friend. I appreciate you. Did you enjoy this episode? Do you enjoy the podcast in general? It would mean so much to me if you would take the time to share this podcast with others. There's so many ways to share it through social media. You can share it directly through the Spotify app. You can leave a review on Apple podcast. You can post a screenshot to your stories, whatever way is easiest for you. I thank you every single time you take a moment to share the podcast with others.